0: Hello and welcome to the Dental College Podcast. This is your host, Patrick Butler, and today I have an amazing episode to share with you. I had a conversation with a gentleman named Jay Campbell. Jay is an author, entrepreneur, and spiritual hooligan, according to his Twitter profile. He has written multiple international bestselling books, including The Metabolic Blowtorch Diet, The Testosterone Optimization Therapy Bible, and Guaranteed Shredded, How to Maximize, Maximally Reduce Your Body Fat Percentage in Under 10 Weeks. Jay is a wealth of information. He has so much value to share. We cover all sorts of topics in in this conversation between talking about testosterone, talking about intermittent fasting, as well as just how to be better at life and succeed. I guarantee you're going to love this one Uh, please support Jay online, go follow him at TRT expert and buy his books. You're going to love them. So without further delay, enjoy this conversation with Jay Campbell. Hey, Jay, thank you so much for joining us, man. It's a real honor to have you on the show.
1: Hey, man, it's awesome, awesome, awesome time to be able to be on the Knowledge Without College podcast, Patrick. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing fantastic. How, are, how about you? I'm doing awesome, man. I appreciate you being here today. Awesome. So, hey, Jay, for, for the listeners who maybe aren't familiar with your work yet, could you give them a little bit about your background and, and, and what you're up to right now? Well, if they can see...
1: No, I'm just kidding. I like <laughs> um so yeah so um i am kind of um a a gypsy i like to call myself as like an entrepreneur gypsy i do a little here and a little there um but yeah i've written three international best-selling books in the health optimization space uh the 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 newest one is not sold on amazon so actually it's, I've written four, but the, the, the three um, that are my claim to fame, so to speak, from a you know, public standpoint or a brand awareness standpoint is the original TRT manual, which I wrote in 2015, which Mike Sernovich was you know, intimately involved with initially. And then that book became the number one selling book of all time on testosterone optimization therapy, which at the time we called it TRT, which is testosterone replacement therapy. But we kind of grew out of that acronym because it's just not the right acronym for today. Because as you, got, as you know, you know, younger and younger men are looking at this as an option because of all the war that's going on in our biological systems. And then the other two books um, was a book on intermittent fasting, which is called The Metabolic Bullet Torch Diet, which is an epic book, which continues to receive uh, rave, praise, and acclaim across the world. Um, and it's kind of really the book that really kind of, uh, I would say, catapulted me to um, – pretty large brand recognition status like in my space and i don't even know what my space is i mean i want to say it's like fitness but it's really not i'm kind of in between the clinical community which would be doctors and healthcare professionals and the bros in the fitness community so because i don't have a medical license i'm not in the clinician space but i work in the clinician space and i lecture in the clinician space and i'm actually going to the biggest conference um, or the second biggest conference in all of medicine um, tomorrow in miami which is the amg Conference. Um, so um, my last book was, and the newest one, which is this one right here, the testosterone Optimization Therapy Bible, uh, came out last year in February. It's a beast, dude. Six hundred pages, has over seven hundred scientific references. Um, five or six of the top uh, optimization, health optimization doctors in the whole world are in it. Um, you know, in either interview standpoint or being interviewed and giving you know the kind of the recommendations and everything. So it's just an insane treatise on how to optimize your health in the modern day. And again, it's 600 pages. That's why we call it the Bible. Um, Then my newest book, which I don't really want to talk about, but it's an awesome book. Um, It's called Guaranteed Shredded. It just released it two months ago. It's actually, it's really like kind of like a biohacker's guide on how to drop body fat in the fastest, healthiest way possible.
0: Love it, man. Love it. And and, um, I'm curious, where did you first, uh, you know, because it seems like you're the the absolute pro on testosterone optimization. Where did this come from? Where did you first learn about it?
1: So good question. So in, when I was 29, I was literally like a month and a half away from turning 30. I got kicked in the testicles. I played in a really competitive, ultra competitive men's adult basketball league um, in West LA at the time. It was actually Crenshaw High School,
0: which is a whole other story for another day.
1: And I just got kicked and I, I started getting run down about six to eight weeks later. Didn't know what it was. It was like, what the hell is going on? You know, I was like, just my body just was, was falling apart. And I went to a general PPO doctor. It was just pure luck, Patrick. I um, connected with this guy who recommended me to an endocrinologist. And then the endocrinologist, again, there's no coincidences or chances in life. Like, everything is just – God has a unique way of uh, welding us or melding us together. But the guy ended up being a Harvard-educated endocrinologist, and he ran some tests. Now, you got to go back. This is 1999, right? So this is, like, way before – people had any understanding of clinical therapy from testosterone basis i mean it was going on but you had to be like at the highest level super wealthy people in anti-aging clinics in like miami florida or maybe like you know just ran rare places exotic locations where people did this so he ran tests and he saw that i had low testosterone so he said look man you're not you know you're you're not that old um but you're also pretty young so i'm just going to start you on some clinical low-dose testosterone and bring it back and see how you feel and, and being a smart guy, you know, I had a background in college in molecular biology. I didn't major in it, but I had a minor. I was always a science nerd. Um, you know, I went home to my first wife at the time, and I asked her, I said, are you okay with me doing this? And, and, and we we did not have children, and she did not want children. Um, so she didn't care. You know, you know, she's like, I know you're a smart guy. I trust you. Let's do it. So fast forward, you know, eight weeks, and dude, I felt amazing. I mean, I felt like I was like 18 or 19 years old um i recovered kind of like really quickly from playing basketball i obviously felt better and had more strength and endurance in the gym but i just you know the things i didn't know about it that really changed everything was kind of like the cognitive the cognitive effects i definitely had an increase in cognition i definitely had an increase in like um short-term memory and 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 just uh just c- essentially um uh, memory re- remembering things i just had a boost in that so and then, you know, after you know three months, he was like, well, do you want me to take you off? I can withdraw you. You should start, you know, restart your natural production." I was like, "Absolutely not! Why would anyone want to come off this?" You know. So then I became like really me, which is just the studious bookworm nerd, and I started reading about it. And at that time, again, this is like two thousand two thousand one, dude. There wasn't much information. You know, the information that was available, quote unquote, in the public sector was. Nelson Virgil's book, which was Built to Survive, which was a story of a guy who had HIV and was basically literally trying to survive. And he had a doctor friend, uh, Dr. Michael Mooney, who was also helping him write it. And that was really the only clinical research that was out there about using testosterone. So I then kind of got dorky and I went on PubMed and Medline and I started reading like old school Um, data and you know there was nothing I could find that was like really harmful or detrimental to it so anyway I stayed on it Patrick fast forward to like 2009 2010 all my friends you know because I was in the uh, automotive space as I told you and I kind of rose up the ladder of the automotive space but all my white collar friends um, when they would see me I was always in the best shape and and they would be like dude you know what are you doing and I'd always be like look I use therapeutic testosterone and they're like, what is that? Steroids? You know, you always got kind of all the pushback and the nonsense. And I was like, no, you know, and so I always explain myself. So the guys that were smart finally convinced me. Mike was one of them. They're, they're like, dude, you got to write a book on this. Right? So this was like in 2011. And I was like, mm, you know, it's still, it's not like it was now, right? Like you, you know, back then it was still a taboo subject. You didn't talk about it at freaking coffee shops or with your boys when you're out about, it. you know, some guys, you're, you know, your inner circle. Yeah, sure. You know, but I wasn't like you know, splashing it all over the place, and so then I asked an attorney. You know, Mike was like, "Let's do it, let's do it." So we asked one of the biggest attorneys, who's now a very close personal friend. His name is Rick Collins. What could you do to indemnify a non-medical, you know, non-licensed medical professional for writing a book like that? And I, and I also sent him a white paper of it. It was probably twenty pages, but it was good. And and he told me he's like, first off, he's like, "Yeah, this is a great book." He's like, "Or it has the beginnings of making a great book," but tr- truthfully, Jay. Um, and I didn't know him at the time. He was like, you know, it takes one senator getting a bug up their ass, chasing you and looking at you like, why is this guy writing a book on testosterone? And, then, you know, it you, you could cost you a substantial amount of money to keep you out of jail. And so he kind of just did his typical fear talk, attorney bullshit. And I was like, oh, OK, I'm out. I'm done. But thankfully, I sent the same white paper to Nelson Bergel, who was the guy that wrote the Built to Survive. Um, who at the time was really the guy's the foremost recognized guy on the planet for testosterone therapy okay and he had written a book called uh, by this time now called testosterone a man's guy and it was a great book it still is I mean it's out of date of course but Nelson became a great friend of mine and has mentored me but I also sent it to him and then four months later he was actually in Venezuela which is where native country is and He just emailed me in the middle of the night, Patrick. I got an email like on Gmail from him and he said, "Um, who are you? You know, what is this? This is amazing. Can I talk to you in the morning? And so he put his number in there and I called him and we talked and he was like, I told him what Rick Collins said. And he said, Jay, listen, man. He goes, I sit on panels for the DEA and the uh, FDA. He's like, you're not going to get in trouble for releasing this. He said, in fact, this book has to go forward because men need this. The world needs this. And so fast forward, you know, that was like in the end. of I want to say that was at the uh, beginning, February of 2014. He helped me edit it, um, it went back and forth, then Mike and I kind of got involved and then we didn't get involved and we finally published the book in 2015 in November. Actually, we published it right before I went to Mike's wedding in uh, Tulum, Mexico. And um, that book exploded, you know, and it exploded kind of into, I wouldn't say the national consciousness, but the consciousness of the clinical community and also just the awareness of the globe of people that were wanting to use testosterone. And then as you know, to fast forward today, we have a massive um, you know, global, I don't even know how to say it, crisis. You know, there's a massive, massive crisis, unrecognized, underreported. Um, medicine doesn't know what to do with it, but people like me are obviously exposing it and shining a bright light on it. And then this book last year came out in February, and now it's like, it's, it's catapulted me, man. You know, like most people probably today now on the planet, when they think of testosterone, they think of me. I, I, I mean, obviously, if you go on Google – I'm like page one, page two, page three. And, and I just, you know, nothing that I wish I could say that it's like, oh, wow, I'm so much smarter than everybody else. But I mean, I've been stepping on the shoulders of giants and I just know how to, you know, um, speak to the importance of this um, therapy for people to, you know, optimize their health, right? And you and I know, we talked about it when I first met you about how bad sick care is. You know, the yeah. average person goes to the doctor today and they get so screwed up and they get prescribed, you know, bullshit drugs. Um, SSRIs and erectile dysfunction medications and all these other things and then they never seek the root of the, you know, the issue like in me- medicine we call it the etiology which is you know the disease. What's the disease? Well, you have a testosterone deficiency. Well, why do you have a testosterone deficiency? Well, it could be a med- due to many things. You know, to my opinion, it's mostly due to the environment. Most guys today, as you know, younger guys um, are born in an environment where their mom was on birth control. You know, they drink out of this their whole life. They eat out of microwave bowls. Um, mm-hmm. Everything they've been giving is like ultra processed or modernized because of you know the modern day industrial society and they're suffering from it, bro.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It seems like people are disconnected from, you know, the kind of physical reality we used to live in, you know, we're, we have to be running down chasing down food, the kind of reality that our bodies evolved to handle and yeah. our over industrialized world, you know, creates a, a, a much softer world that you don't have to do those things. And uh, when it, it, I, I don't know if this stat is uh, fully accurate, maybe you can clarify, but I've I read something that on average, uh, the amount of testosterone in like men at the age of like 40 or something is going down 1% per year. So it's past-
1: actually, it's, a- no, it's actually, it's, um, the data is 2.7% per year from 40 and that's old data and that's not reflective of now, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're in the ballpark.
0: So, so. Either way, it's a crisis as far as people don't have as much testosterone as they yeah. used to. Exactly. And I, I think it's really a great cause that you're taking up here because not having testosterone has a lot of ripple effects in your life. I mean, could you uh, shed some light on maybe what yeah. are some of the signs that maybe you don't have enough testosterone and what kind of things, what kind of benefits can you see if you get your levels back to where they're supposed to be?
1: Yeah, of course. It's a good question and a great point. Um, I can, I'll, I'll add to your point though. To make it even more glaring, I love that word, by the way, shining a light, right? Um, the point, the, the, here's the situation, dude. So our grandfathers and their fathers had testosterone, natural testosterone levels, most likely somewhere in the range of, at the low end, 750 to the high end, 1,200, right? That's like walk-around dudes, World War II generation, Vietnam, or, uh, Korean War, and World War I, right? The, the Great Depression people. Now, the, the, the reality is um, that was because, as you said, we lived in primarily an agrarian economy, right? We did not have industrial smog and pollution and particulates and all of this crap from, again, modernized, industrialized city and urban living that now just, you know, gets into our endocrine systems, gets into our biological systems. It's in the air we breathe, the food that we eat, the blue light that we consume, the blue or the white light, you know, and these HID lights that we see in these cubicles all day long so all that stuff leads to a reduction in your testosterone now i wish it was as simplistic as just saying all that shit is just your testosterone going down but the truth is is um it's affecting your thyroid hormone it's affecting your insulin metabolism it's affecting um your uh gut your microbiome so it's affecting everything and all those things when you got one you know link broken in the chain it sets the whole thing off but dude a guy today under the age of 25 is probably 3 i'd say 30 to 40% likely to be suffering from a testosterone deficiency and has absolutely no idea okay there's no education at any level there's no education in in um in the public schools or even in college and dude patrick it's even worse in med schools they don't teach there's no patient or what we call standard patient care model in medical schools today for hormone optimization. And it, honestly, if you speak to the top doctors right now in the world who are at the cutting edge, as I call it, tip of the spear in this deal, and again, I know them all, I must know them all, they'll tell you that testosterone should be frontline therapy for everything. You should be looking at a person, and, again, and by the way, we're talking about guys right now, but this applies to women too. But you should be looking, you should be doing a full-blown hormone panel at the first sign of anything going wrong. Okay, what is, let's talk about that, because you know, that was the question you asked me. The first sign of going wrong is a guy who shows up and has no energy and has brain fog. That is usually a number one atypical symptom for testosterone deficiency.
0: Is there any so like don't. test or, or like a standard that would indicate that they have brain fog or that they are lower energy than they should? Because I feel like that's yeah. part of the problem.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, so so there's three guidelines. And again, these are all in the book. You can always default to the book. And by the way, anybody who watches your podcast, bro, they get the book for free. They just have to send an email to my team. Contact. Thank you. Yeah, contact at trtrevolution.com and they'll send you the PDF. Um, and you asked for the other books, too. The fasting book is amazing. We can talk a little bit about the fasting book before
0: this podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, I definitely want to get into that as well.
1: So so, so to answer your question, because it's a really good question, um, there's the, the Adam Diagnostic and the um, – there's another diagnostic. And I can't think of the name right now. But um, essentially, the best way to actually test for it or to know if you have it is if you go home from lunch or come back from lunch, wherever you do, if you're working at home or working at Cuba um, and you have these, this overwhelming desire to go home and take a nap, or you just absolutely feel like shit. And I'm not talking about from eating a terrible lunch and drowning two beers with it. I mean, you just feel terrible by two o'clock, right? Like I want to take a nap. It also can lead, you know, that terrible feeling can also lead to feeling gloomy, feeling depressed. That is absolutely 99.9 percent of the time a testosterone deficiency. Okay. So the problem, and you know this, we talked about this when I met you, is that, you know, you go to the doctor and you say, Doc, I feel like shit, you know, I'm gloomy. My, I don't have the same erections that I had five years ago, whatever. You know, what are they going to do? Well, they're, they're, they're not clued in about testosterone and not to put my tinfoil hat on. They don't get paid on prescribing testosterone either. So what they do get paid on, though, is prescribing you an SSRI chemical you know drug a mood altering medication it's supposedly to make you feel better and then they also will give you an erectile dysfunction drug right viagra viagra levitra cialis you know one of those three drugs and then send you away and now you know they just made themselves three or four hundred dollars for running the scripts for those two meds and you just got paid you know jacked out of the whatever you're you know besides your copay you got to pay a high dollar amount through insurance whatever the hell that they call that nowadays you know to get those pharmaceutical drugs and Patrick, never have they addressed the root of your issues. They just gave you two Band-Aid drugs, and they just said, you know, take two of these or one of these a day or, you know, one in the morning, one at night. And if it doesn't work out, get back to me in 90 days. And then, dude, here's the truth, and this is absolutely covered again in the book. The SSRI medications fuck up guys worse because it then screws with uh, dendritic and uh, synaptic pathways in the brain. You become dependent on the drug um and, and and sadly enough and this isn't talked about and i might as well talk about it here it actually further exacerbates erectile dysfunction so it actually makes your dick limp so it's like i mean imagine that right like the guy comes in he's already feeling absolutely like dog shit he can't barely get an erection and now you give him a drug that literally is going to make sure he can't get an erection that's where that's medicine bro that's literally where we are
0: well, yeah, I mean, it's a business, you know, like they, they, they're, they're not <laughs> going to be able to sell you the one-time solution.
1: Exactly. It's a business to fuck you up. I mean, honestly, I put, a, I put it on Twitter the other day. Uh, and, and, and again, you know, for, for the audience, your audience, it doesn't know who I am. Like, this isn't like, this isn't new, right? Like I'm very controversial. I'm very outspoken. I, I hammer Twitter all the time. But it's like, the bottom line is this, like people ask me to define what is medicine. And I call it sick care. Right? Some people call it illness medicine, but patrick, this is this is the definition I put on Twitter the other day. Sick care is big Pharma's overwhelming desire to give you pills to keep you fat, sick, and rotting until essentially you either die, run out of money, or preferably both. That's the definition. That's literally where we're at.
0: Wow. yeah, and I mean, you know, not to knock, you know, honest medicine and, and all the advancements that I was made, but it's just the system that it exists in now they're not addressing the root of the problem. And no. so yeah. what you're addressing here and with all your work is trying to act actually identify the root of the problem and fix it. So it, when it comes to doing testosterone therapy, uh, what kind of methods do you recommend for people? Great book. I mean, great question. It's all in the book. Um, we actually, you know, that's a,
1: it's a it's an amazing question, dude. That's a whole podcast. But
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, like, honestly, like, I'll do. It. I'll just give you a hundred thousand foot summary because it is a, a great question. You're asking awesome questions, by the way. Um, there's many delivery systems. You just said it right. It's a business, so they're gonna create, you know, these variant, aberrant, whatever, different ways to deliver testosterone you know to make money and again the public being unsuspecting being uneducated being taught and we didn't even cover this let me just cover this for one second you know this and and, and the good thing is is your generation doesn't know this as much as my generation and people older than me like my dad's generation's perfect example dude most people think that testosterone is illegal unethical immoral and will blow your brains up or make your dick fall off or i mean i could just go on and on and on there's so many absurd you know, mis- misnomers or misinformation about therapeutic testosterone, it's insane, right? So it's like, I'm always dealing with that. Anyone in this space is always dealing with that like in the background. But the good news is the younger guys like you guys today and your generation is not uh, polluted with that mindset, you know, because you guys have grown up now in a space where you see that there are guys out there like me saying, holy shit, this is amazing. And everybody knows people that have gone on it and been like, oh my God, I look at my life as pretty composed. But, but, but back to that, um, so we're, we're just in this world now where like, you have to take very powerful ownership and be proactive with your health, right? So if you are a 25- or a 30-year-old guy, and I say this all the time now, is like you have to get your blood work done. You don't have an option. You don't want to be that guy who doesn't do these things and then you know, shows up at 40 with 150 total testosterone level. Obese, insulin resistant, type two diabetic, one foot in the grave, as I always say when me and Mike talk. You know that's not what you want to be. And as you know, if you rely on medicine today, unfortunately, um, that's most likely we're going to get. Now back to what you said: there are a lot of amazing doctors, and I again I have to work with them, but they don't—they're not part of the system, Patrick. They're out of the system. You know, without talking a bunch of shit about Obama, but it's you know because I've done it so many other times. Who cares? But. And it wasn't Obama. He's just a figurehead. But the people that put the Obama, you know, Affordable Care Act into power, it's the worst thing that would ever happen to the United States. Okay. It was the greatest tax subsidy and levy in the history of our country. It probably submarined our country to the point now where literally, um, you know, sick care or, you know, organized medicine, subrogation insurance medicine is done. It's, it's literally on fire. It's right now you know, I, I have so I mean, I could, again a whole of podcast. I could tell you stories of families that are losing their insurance. Right. So, I mean, it's just right now a disaster. So the smart doctors, which you talked about, which I love and I work with and do podcasts with and pr- promote and praise, they've cashed out, bro. They're out of the system. And what that means for somebody who's watching right now is, is if you want to optimize your health, you want to do what Jay Campbell preaches. You want to be proactive. You want to, Take ownership of this into your own hands. And as you know, Patrick, it's your only option. It really is. Um, You're not going to be relying on it on benefits. You cannot use your insurance card or you cannot show up to some PPO or HMO provider and expect them to optimize you. They're not. You know, I've had really smart people say to me, dude, do this as an experiment. And one, go to any doctor in the United States right now on your insurance as a 30-year-old guy. And say, hey, doc, I'm perfectly healthy, but I want you to make me better. And just look at the face of those people. They'll be like, huh? What what, what, what are your symptoms? Uh, What what are you presenting with? Because, again, we've created a system that's not about wellness and prevention and functional medicine and, you know, optimization. You know, they don't want supermen and superwomen, right? I already gave the definition. Big pharma wants you fat sick and rotting and living just enough and long enough that they can drain you of your money before they replace you. And also, I I hate saying this, sounds so negative, but it's all true, right? They want your kids to become just like you. So why do you think doctors tell patients that type 2 diabetes is hereditary or it's genetic, which is a farce and is an absolute patently false? Because the lifestyle is inherited. It's not the DNA. Your DNA is not making you eat high sugar and wash it down with, you know, six packs of beer every night. It's your environment and your behavior. But if it's constantly reinforced, I mean, dude, do you know how many people have said to me in the last 10 years of my life since I really went down this path? Oh, you know, I'm diabetes It's genetic. It's in my family. <laughs> and, I, and I look at them and I'm like, no, man. Being fat, lazy, and uninformed runs in your family. So, are you going to choose to not be those three things? I mean, that's that's the truth. But it doesn't help Patrick when the doctors reinforce it to them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's a it's a crazy system, and and uh, I'm curious: are there ways to like to sort of sustain healthy testosterone levels? Are there, yeah. are there natural ways to to Keep yeah, sure. there
1: is, and, and I kind of like went a long way away because this is—I really enjoy the way this is going in the podcast. Not answering on the delivery systems, I'll answer both of them. So, <laughs> every man, every man should um, do everything in their poss- in, in, in their power to not use the pharmaceutical therapeutic testosterone, which I'll talk about delivery systems in a second. But to your real question right mm. now is, you want to do everything that you can to optimize your health naturally, right? You should drink tons of water. You should avoid alcohol at all costs. Minimize it if you drink it at all. You know, maybe a glass of red wine. It's in the book. We write about this. We do deep research on this. Four ounces of red alcohol, red wine is, is the max that a human gut can absorb and handle and filter through the kidneys in a 24-hour period without deposition to uh, triglycerol, which becomes triglyceride, becomes fat. So if you want to have a glass of wine every night, that's great. Don't be drinking a, you know, a supersized Big Gulp. Right? But you can have everything and do everything in moderation. But to optimize naturally, you should be minimizing your carbohydrate intake. You should have your insulin signal suppressed by eating lower carbohydrates. You should absolutely positively be training with weights. You should also be doing cardiovascular exercise. Um, you should be getting as much essential fatty acids and healthy fats in your diet as possible because that stimulates um, – it, it basically creates a – environment that allows natural testosterone production through prostaglandins and through some other essential fatty acid and short chains um, in the body, in your, in your metabolism to optimize its, its natural production. Um, there are no supplements. There are no things that men can take. All that bullshit that men see at GNC or sold on commercials and famous celebrity sell is all bogus. It's just designed to steal money from you. That does not work. It's absolute bullshit. The book actually has an entire chapter on natural testosterone-boosting supplements and how they're all bogus and all scam. And, and a lot of guys don't understand. There are supplements out there like Tonkat Ali, and I could give you a contract, you know, Fenugreek. There's other ones that increase libido. But increasing your libido and increasing your testosterone are two separate things. So you're not getting an increase in testosterone. You may get a boost in that you want to have sex for a minute, you know, longer or something like that. But there's no way to increase testosterone now, um, um, with boosters other than either therapeutically or doing all these things naturally and again Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez has written an amazing article it's actually written on my site first before he kind of added to it and put it on his site and it's called 50 ways to boost your testosterone naturally and you can link to that I can give you the link and you can link to that after this podcast it's a great great article and treatise on all the things you can do but the caveat always comes down to at the end and I, and I have to give my doctor um, Dr. Robert Coleman, our credit in this because he's done studies with his patients. And he says, This is how you can look at it. If you want to optimize naturally and avoid using therapeutic testosterone, you have to be, okay, so age groups, he gives age groups. So if you're 50 and older and you still want to stay optimized naturally, you are literally going to be in what he calls the 1% to 2% club. And first, you have the DNA. You got to have the DNA to even be in an optimal range, right? You got to be somebody like Alex. You got to be very blessed genetically. Okay, and then you got to be like this type A anal retentive maniac who does everything right, you know, doesn't drink out of plastic bottles, you know, is always drinking out of PCB-free stuff or steel, you know, eats the right food, avoids blue light exposure, gets eight hours of sleep, I mean, on and on and on, right? And he says that's 1% to 2%. Now, if you're like most of your watchers probably, and you're a 20 to 40-year-old guy or 45-year-old guy, it's only 15 to 20%. and. Same thing. Those 15 to 20% of men also have to be type A, eight over 10, blah, 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 and do all this stuff. So if you're not one of those people, you really don't have an option, especially if you live in a large coastal population center. You're going to be looking at therapeutic testosterone. So again, multiple delivery systems. The only things that are worth the shit, and again, I've been using therapeutic testosterone for 19 years. Okay. I've tried every delivery system, I've studied them in depth injections and cream. Now, With a caveat, cream is not androgel. It's not a Trevis gel. There's all these other generic gels. Those gels are useless because the dosage, the milligram dosage amount and the percentage of the concentration is not enough to get you into an optimum range of therapeutic testosterone um, or or an optimized range of testosterone. They get you into a range of like low to low to normal. And who the hell wants to be normal, bro? Right? So, that would be um, 200 milligram per gram. And again, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, but 200 milligram per gram testosterone compounded cream. There's three different formulations. There's like Versa Base, and there's HRT Base, and then there's a, this new new one that's liposomal technology. I haven't used it. I've heard good things about it, but I don't believe anything until I use it on myself. So that, and then injections now injections are the tried and true method of testosterone optimization okay i used it for 17 and a half years i switched over to cream because i just got tired of um you know poking holes in myself now men should not be afraid of injecting themselves with a needle with using testosterone because you're talking about a 30 well anywhere from a 27 to 30 gauge needle which is like a hypodermic insulin needle like a diabetic injects himself in their stomach with, right? So you don't feel it. You can do it 10 times a day. You'd be fine, right? But a lot of guys, they hear needle and they're like, oh, and they have injection phobia and then they don't want to inject themselves. And it's not a, it's not a deal killer. It's nothing. It, you know, a lot of people, they talk about it just becomes like brushing your teeth every night, okay? Yeah. Um, the best way to inject is like, there's only two in my mind now, and again, this has changed over the years, but daily, Or every other day is best because it mimics the body's natural pulsatile release of testosterone naturally. Okay. So if you're one of these guys that wants to inject once a week, it's not going to be work. It's not going to work well because the way the testosterone molecule cleaves in the bloodstream, there's half lives of of the medication. So by day three, you start to come down, right? And if you don't give yourself another shot by day three or day four, then you're gonna go down, 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 down until day seven when you give your next shot. So one shot a week injection protocols are not efficient. They never have been, but we didn't know enough about the ester 20 years ago. And so that was just usually like what guys do. And then also as you know, dude, it's all about patient adherence. Some guys don't want to inject themselves. Right? So they're like, oh, I only do it once a week, and then they complain because they feel like shit. Um, because you know again it drops down so once your body gets used to injections and again you do it daily or you do it every other day it's not a big deal and the the difference between using cream and by the way cream you put on your test you put literally on the base of your scrotum okay there's other places you can rub it here you can rub it on your upper arms or in your inner thighs but it doesn't absor- absorb as well as the base of the scrotum there was a study that was done about three years ago and it absorbs because the 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 membrane of your scrotum, right at the base, like right where your testicles descend, is really thin and very permeable. So you take a shower in the morning and rub a dot right there; it absorbs instantly, um, and you feel great. And you know, like I said, I've been doing it now for about ten months, and uh, and I don't think I'll ever go back to injections. It's that much better. There, there is a risk of transfer. You know, people ask that question, oh, well, what happens with my wife if she wants to go down on me or whatever? You know, I'm going to have sex right after I do it. Well, don't fucking have sex thirty <laughs> you're administering your you know, cream, you know? I mean, if, if you know you're going to have sex, then figure out when you're going to do it. But it's not a big deal. Um, but those are the only two things. There's other delivery systems, dude. There's like pellets, which are an absolute waste of money. And, and, and by the way, most expensive form, of course, doctors make you money, but they're horrible. They're inefficient. If, if you want more on pellets, I've done many podcast, or, uh, YouTube videos on it. You know, I go deep into science on why it doesn't work and stuff like that. And then anything else is like, they just, last week, bro, they approved an oral capsule, okay? It's, made, it's, it's called Jitenzo. It's made by a company called Claris Pharmaceuticals. And, of course, it's blowing up on the stock market because, oh, my God, it's an easy form of testosterone. It doesn't work, okay? I say that because I know that technology um, and it's an old-school form of steroids from oral testosterone delivery from Europe, dude, which was called Andriol, and it doesn't work. It's so weak that it barely will ele- elevate a guy's testosterone at all. It works in women. It'll probably be a good drug for women, but it won't do shit for men. So all these guys out there that think that, oh, my God, there's a pill now, and they can take it, and it's going to optimize me. They're, they're going to be sadly mistaken.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's a, that man. That's you're such a wealth of information on this stuff. I feel like I ask you questions all.
1: Thanks, nice, man. Well, anyway, nobody's really asked me that question, so it's like actually, it's good that I was able to wrap it around. So I appreciate it.
0: Well, I think what's so interesting about this again is sort of like we're we're trying to get uh, we're trying to make our modern bodies, our modern selves, exist in a world you know or adapt to the world that we're in now. Uh, yep. And I think this sort of segues nicely with what you do. what you talk about intermittent fasting as well which is sort of like uh it's another one of our biological systems eating food digesting food when did you first learn about intermittent fasting and when did you start uh you know doing it it's a great question so mike and i just recorded a podcast
1: or four podcasts on sunday night together and he just amazingly he's like all over it. he just released it yesterday i don't know if you saw it but it was on it was on fasting and we went pretty deep um um, it's a good question because I actually went to a I started fasting when I read Martin Burkhan's Lean Gains protocol online on the interwebs, and I think probably like 2007 or 2006. And I would say at that time it was radical. And, you know, Martin and I don't get along publicly, but Martin is a little bit like jaded because he never put out his book and people stole it and stuff like that. I did not steal his stuff, but I. I did utilize his protocol to create my own and guys like me and Mike and all of our inner circle were doing this. And so again, same thing, dude, your shit works so good. You need to put a book out there. So I swear this is a true story. I've never told anybody this, but the book, which is now just an absolute you know, sensation book, you know, it's got four hundred five five-star reviews on Amazon and it's, you know, five, universally five-star rated book. And I have, dude, I have hundreds of old fat ladies that use it and they're like, you know, it's <laughs> not like young guys. I mean, honestly, yeah. like anyone can do this diet. Um, it was a one page white paper, dude. that became a book in a matter of 90 days, literally. Um, so I just went deep hardcore. It was like, I, that was like, I think my religious experience in my life, you know, I, I, I started fasting hardcore while I was reading it or writing it. And then, you know, the, the Bible came right after. I mean, I wrote both of the books in like a four and a half month period, which is insane. Wow. But, um, it's, it, it's it, like I said, it's evolved from what me and Mike were doing, and when I really got deep into the research, I realized that there was a huge swing and miss in the research community about this, and that so many people, there's two, two swing and misses, so many people were talking about, oh, 16 hours and 8 hours, and it's so easy, you just don't eat breakfast, Right. So, I started looking at the research of like the times of fasting. And then I also started looking at the events of fasting. And I realized, and again, not a lot of research, but enough. And by the way, credit to Jason Fung, who wrote a great book on fasting, which is really where I based a lot of my research. That was the origin. And then he also wrote, right after that, he wrote the Obesity Code. He's an amazing doctor. I'm going to get him on my podcast. He's up in Canada. Uh, he's probably the best doc. I think he's the best researcher in the world writing about mammals. He's a really, really smart guy. But anyway, the research was showing that if you extended your fast to 18 and 20 and a little bit beyond, like up to 22 hours, this miraculous fight-or-flight response in the body would be generated to not having food that would create and secrete... Um, Epinephrine and norepinephrine and some other cor- hormones, which are again fight or flight hormones, which are called catecholamines. Okay, and these catecholamines, when they're secreted, actually attack the thickest, densest um fuel or tissue on the human body, which is resistant and stubborn fat, right? Which doesn't have good blood flow. So when you fast at 18, 20 to 22 hours, you lose your stubborn body fat, which everybody, men and women included, wants to lose, right? Because it's the toughest, most resistant to dieting, right? So it's like I started doing this, obviously, and I was like, holy shit. So then I started going deeper and I started researching more and I found other studies about alternative day fasting and what would happen when you just one day didn't eat and the next day you did it and miraculously and again this is all in the bullet torch diet and i'll give them anybody who watches this i'll give them the book for free just again, get email me contact at trtrevolution.com and one of my team members will send it to you but um, what happens is is biochemically the body is very smart right it's very adaptive you know we're very home- homeostatic driven species and when one thing goes out of order the other place tries to countermeasure so it's the same thing with my book or, or, or my, my, my diet or my protocol. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle, right? There's no such thing as a diet, but you, you eat one day. Okay. And your body, well, let's, let's, let's start earlier. So the day you fast, your body is like, Oh my God, there's no food. It sends all these fight or flight chemicals to attack the stubborn body fat. Right. And then metabolism will kind of not slow down, but just becomes efficient around that. Then the next day you train. Okay with weights and you eat and when you eat after fasting a whole day and again i'm not saying the whole day i'm just using you know for theoretical purposes so people understand this um the body then upregulates all of the chemicals necessary that it was downregulating the day before so you're playing this like constant metabolic yo-yo and so the body never acclimates to the diet and that's where most nutritional lifestyle diet strategies whatever you want to call it fail because ultimately the body becomes like permeable and regulated to a specific set point of not just body fat, but temperature, core body temperature and um, insulin metabolism, which is kind of like your metabolic dynamics. And so you just stagnate. Like anybody who's ever dieted for a long time, you know, eating carb cycling or lowered carbs or ketogenic or any of those things, they stagnate 99% of the time. This diet, you never stagnate, bro. You know, people ask me all the time, they're like, how do you stay ripped year-round? You're 48 years old because I follow my lifestyle. I changed my lifestyle. My lifestyle is now a lifestyle of fasting one day and eating the next day. So my body is constantly confused. So on the days that I, you know, fast, I get really, really lean, and my body is able to preserve enough energy for the demand of my body. And by the way, you do cardio. You can do cardio. You don't want to do intense, um, you know, like interval training or fit or any of that shit, you want to do like moderate steady state cardio because again, your body is reliant on its fat tissue for its energy source. A lot of people ask me, well, do you get into ketosis when you're fasting at long intervals like 20, 22, 24, even longer intervals? And I said, yes, you can be. Depending on how efficient your body is when it becomes what I call fast adapted, you can get into trace ketosis. And I, I, I talk a lot about this and I've had some very smart people Uh, benjamin brown on my podcast talking about metabolic flexibility and metabolic flexibility is like uh, relying on all the various fuel sources carbohydrate meat um obviously sugar um, from insulin metabolism protein essential fatty acids whatever like you can do all of those things in a fasted like you know type of approach like the metabolic low george diet so when people say, oh, ketogenic is the way to go, bro, or low carb is the way to go, bro, or you know, high meat, you know, the carnivore diet, only meat, bro. Well, no, none of those only one thing to limit is the right way. What the right way is, is to fuel your body based on your body's energy demand, right? So if you're a distance runner or a ultramarathoner or something like that, then sure you can still fast, but on the days that you eat, you're gonna be eating a lot of food because you have a high energy demand, right? So, again, it's very adaptable. Um, It's very customizable. Like I said, old fat women can do this diet, okay? You don't have to meal prep. You don't have to count your calories and measure your protein and get out your food scale and any of that bullshit. You just literally, one day you don't eat, the next day you eat, and you eat at a level to fuel your training. Now, the second misnomer that guys miss on the fasting, and that is training with weights while fasting totally stupid okay totally ignorant of the body's uh energetic systems that drive training right and again i don't want to go super esoteric i can this is kind of a door i'm a dork on exercise dynamics and um biomechanics and actually just you know energy utilization but you don't want to train if you're training at an intensity necessary to build muscle okay when you're carb depleted when you have no glycogen reserves in your body, and this is what me and Mike were just talking about in our podcast the other day, your training is going to suck. You have all these bros out there screaming, oh well, that's not true, bro. I I fast for 12 hours and then I train. I'm like, dude, that's not fasting. Fasting is 20 plus hours of no food. And it's not like, oh, well, bro, I take my BCAAs every four hours. That's not fasting either, dude. Okay? Because branch chain amino acids are protein. Okay, so bottom line, if you're going to really effectively maximize intermittent fasting protocols, you need to train when your body is carb-repleted carb or filled, okay, from glycogen, from eating carbs. Now, the fatter you are, the least amount of carbs you should be consuming, right? So again, it's always relative. Dude, a guy like you, a guy like me, we can eat three, 400 grams of carbs on our training day. Because again, the day before we didn't eat jack shit. We might have, you know, eaten something in that narrow window after twenty to twenty-one hours of not eating. But we're not going to like splurge. You know, people come at me and they're like, "Well, well dude, you know, I, I fasted twenty-one hours and then I had to eat like three thousand calories in nine in, in three hours. My fear like, it doesn't work like that. If you're fat, you shouldn't be eating that many that much food. Well, in your book, you have a calculator it calculated that I should be. I'm like, dude, are you fat? Like, yeah, I'm 26% body fat. Well, then, dude, you don't eat that much. Again, it's always related to what you are and what your ultimate goal is. So, fat people, you know, they should just not even eat. That's I always say. Like, look, man, on your fasting day, if you're fat and your goal, your you know, your overriding goal is to get as lean as possible in the fastest, healthiest way possible, don't eat. Wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning the next day and have a bowl of oatmeal. And then, you know, if you train at 8 in the morning, if you're a morning trainer, then have a nice protein shake with an apple or something, and then go train, right? So now you just had 100 to 125 grams of carbs to fuel your workout on your body. But don't be that guy that fasts 30 hours and then goes to the gym and trains with weights without any carbs in the body. Your training's going to suck. Yeah. You can do it, Patrick. You can do it. Guys do it all the time. But that's also, and we're not, again, going esoteric, but that's also when people injure themselves. Mm. Because if you don't have glycogen to fuel your training and you do something high-intensity or explosive, you know, aerobic glycolytic, snap. Oh, my God, I just blew my elbow. Oh, my God, I just blew my knee. Oh, my God, I just did a shoulder. I was doing a kipping pull-up and my shoulder up. Well, dude, you don't have any glycogen in your shoulders. What would you expect? Wow. So, So that's kind of how, like, why the metabolic blowtorch diet is an absolutely kick-ass way to lose body fat in the quickest, most efficient way possible. And then this book, just a quick shill, is the advanced strategies version of the blowtorch diet. So this is like Jay Campbell took all of his insider tips, tricks, tactics, and hacks and said, if you want to pay me 50 bucks, dude, I will literally get you into the best shape of your life. And, and I literally never failed anybody. And I actually have a guy, Who's like, how old are you? 25. So, dude, you guys are going to love this. Your audience is going to love this. He's 26, and he's a ghostwriter for me and also an editor. Brilliant kid in Canada. And he just followed the diet. He documented the whole entire thing. Again, the guaranteed strategy. He's already used to doing the metabolic boat tours. But you guys, when you guys see this guy, and by the way, he's completely natural. He's not on testosterone, he's not on anything. It's pretty amazing. He was a fat kid,
0: by the way. Wow.
1: Yeah, so it works, man. This type of lifestyle works. You just have to do it.
0: Yeah. I'm curious, when, on your fasting day or the day that you're not eating anything, yeah. uh, is there anything, what kind of stuff do you drink or what kind of stuff to, is, is okay to consume to not break the fast?
1: Anything that has zero in it, right? Like I used to use these chemicals, which I still use these every now and then. I get these at Walmart. You know, you get these, they're Mio, knockoff Mios. As long as it has nothing in it that's of caloric value, caloric value or energy demand zeroed out you can get away with it technically now you'll have bros and people that will come at me and they'll be like bro it, you know there's a chemical it, it's it causes an insulin secretion so technically it breaks your fast. well maybe and maybe not bottom line is if you're skinny and you already are not like super worried then it doesn't matter, right? If you're a giant, you know, again, I, I always say fat person. You know, it's not that not great people. I just say fat person. I just speak. No filter, Jay Campbell. But if you have a lot of weight to lose, okay? <laughs> if you're a great big fat person. No. Is that what i was that. That's uh, silence of the lambs. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have a lot of weight to lose, seriously, you should probably just drink water. Maybe, you know, drop some lemon drops in it or, or I mean, some, uh, you know, squeeze squeeze some lemon juice or something like that. But you know, I personally have been fasting and I've seen a lot of people fasting. Obviously I've supervised a lot of people fasting. I don't think the chemicals are going to drop anything. Um you can chew gum. The best gum by far is right here, baby. Nicotine gum. Okay. Now before people go crazy and again all this stuff is in the books man, but before people say oh nicotine's highly addictive, no it's not. You've been conditioned to believe that it is and it's not. Nicotine is actually one of the most studied nootropics in the world. Okay. And in, in South America, the shamans and the indigenous, this is their drug of choice, nicotine, not ayahuasca, nicotine. Nicotine is a very potent nootropic, and in combination with caffeine, actually increases uh, thermogenesis, metabolic rate. So there's like it's very slight, but it's it's known to do that. So I, you know, everybody who's a hardcore faster choose nicotine gum. Now, to, 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 to as a caveat, you don't want to be taking a lot of nicotine because it is potent, okay? So, like, for me, like, I get, this is a uh, two milligram, I tear it in half. So, I'll take a one milligram piece of gum. So, if I'm hardcore fasting, and I'm not right now, but if I'm hardcore fasting, you know, I'm getting completely shredded. I'm chewing two or three of these again at half in you know dosages so like three milligrams a day from 16 hours in until the day ends and you know if again, and and so when i go get really really shredded and by the way this is all in the book i have like yeah. six super advanced tactics based on your lifestyle right so if you're an entrepreneur and you have freedom and you're not in a cubicle and a waiting slave and you're clocking an hour you know there's a way to do that which is obviously my lifestyle but if you're a wage slave there's a one for a wage slave. it's calculated on a normal work day between a nine to five or nine to six but i will probably chew these from i don't know 130 Well, you and i about started this podcast up until i go to bed well i shouldn't say that i, I usually withdraw stop chewing these things about 90 minutes before i go to bed gotcha but they're not addictive it's it's bs dude they're not addictive. What's addictive, so people know, because before they come at me, yeah. are the chemicals that the, the, um, the cigarette and tobacco companies put in the cigarettes. It's not the nicotine. Wow. Yep. What about, do you have
0: <laughs> a, I got a question for you on that, but before I, I skip over this other one, um, I've heard of using coconut oil in the morning, like with coffee, to, to continue a fast. Well, do you have any thoughts or information on that? It's
1: not fasting anymore. It's great, but it's not fasting. As soon as you do anything that has any food or metabolic um, requirement, I mean, uh, demand or en- you know, an energetic expression, so fat, protein, or or uh, or a ca- carbohydrate, you broke your fast. Gotcha, right? Gotcha. Like that's like the that's like the, the bulletproof coffee diet with Dave Asprey. Yeah. Um, you can definitely, you know, MCT oil is coconut oil. Um, it's awesome. Right, like if you're fat, you have a lot of weight to lose. You should be using protein powder, a good quality, not bullshit that you buy at GNC, but a very good, high quality protein powder. Um, I call it blended spectrum of amino acids, so you get casein, you get whey, which is whey protein isolate, and probably egg, Um, and MCT oil, and if you want to throw in some vanilla extract, right? So, if you're a guy that wants to eat for three hours at night when you break your fast and you've got a lot of weight to lose, dude. Drink three shakes with MCT oil in it. So every hour, you drink 40 to 50 grams of protein, and you have two to three tablespoons of MCT oil. Maybe throw in a, uh, you know, some flecks of cinnamon. I love cinnamon. Or you know, vanilla extract, no calories, and pound that. And that keeps your carbs at zero nearly. Um, and, and, and you get you know, the protein and the fat you know, to maintain um, your body, your composition, your, 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 uh, your muscle mass.
0: That's awesome.
1: Again, it's all, dude, all this shit is laid out in this
0: book. <laughs> yeah, you know, people, yeah I'm, have, I'm excited to check but out. But I
1: mean, seriously, people come to me and they're like, you know, they're used to Jay Campbell's 600 page books, or, you know, the Blood Torch Diet was like 200, and the TRT manual was like 278 or something like that. And, and then you get this, it's like 30 pages or something like that. You know, and it's just a PDF, and they're like, it's 50 bucks, bro. And I'm like, that's 20 fucking years of my brain, bro. That's worth a lot more than 50 bucks. That's a I'm giving that away to give it to you for 50 bucks. But again, I say take the Pepsi challenge. I will literally, I mean, I say no refunds given because I've gotten into it with some people. But like, I'll tell you, like, if you do the diet and it doesn't work, I'll give you your money back. I don't care. I mean, again, I, the money not important, but it's just like, I always say to people, it's like, don't look at something until you actually do it, right?
0: Yeah, and I, I think- I like that strategy of just charging a high value for that information because also it requires a certain amount of buy-in to, to want to apply that information.
1: You you, I, I, I will, Correct. But I will say this, like, if I was a nobody, I would never do that. I mean, I've yeah. already established, you know, my brand equity due to my books, due to, you know, my interviews and my podcasts and just me putting myself out there and putting the information out there. And anyone who's familiar with my stuff knows that my stuff is like, at the highest level of scientific value, right? So it's like, I sell this now for 50 bucks, you know, not on Amazon. Mike, That was actually one of the podcasts that me and Mike did. We we talked about like, how does an entrepreneur today avoid Amazon? That podcast hasn't come out yet, but it's pretty amazing. But we talked about this. We talked about the strategy of how I sell this book and how effective it is and like how people have to get over the brainwash that Jeff Bezos has inculcated in so many people. Because once you have a brand, dude, and you have a following, and again, you know, Mike and I talked about the, I think the bullshit story is it's a thousand raving fans. It's not true. We believe it's 10,000, right? And both me and Mike are, you know, well over that. But the, the bottom line is, is like, once you do have that, you don't need fucking Amazon. You don't need anybody. You just need a good email strategist and some good marketing people that know how to, you know, craft through triggers and automations and sell your products. I mean, dude, you got to have a good product, right? I mean, obviously, but people like me and Mike, that's not the question. It's just a matter of like, how do we get it in front of the most amount of people? And, you know, you do definitely learn that once you build a raving tribe of people, they buy anything, dude.
0: And they how, did you, buy. how did you originally build the following? Was it through your books or, or what, what sort of, what was like the catapulting, what, what was like the event that got you more momentum in that direction of having
1: more followers. You ask great questions, Patrick. I got to give you mad props, bro. Much love to you. you. Um,
0: The the truth is, is that, and me and Mike just did this
1: too, man. Bro, we were writing online for free for literally more than a decade. You know, Mike wrote crime and federalism and my blog was the muscle couple and it was my ex-wife, but I wrote tirelessly and like a dumbass. Um, because everything went south with her and she put me in jail and all the shit that I went through, which, you know, you know, and I, I, you know, I just, I deleted it all. I like could complete moron. You know, there was like nine and a half years or 10 and a half years of just insane, like high value content. And I wrote about everything, dude. I wasn't just writing about fitness. I mean, but that, and then Mike on crime and federalism, those weren't best writings. We'll never write as good as we wrote then, but that's because we wrote for passion. We literally were writing because it was like, this is how how we bared our soul to the world. You know, he didn't give a shit about who was reading it. We just wanted to be like, hey, man, I know this. I'm good at this. I'm going to share my knowledge with the world. It's not about like how many clicks or likes or impressions or how many sales post, you know, click stream. I mean, you know, that was like before all that. So it's like, you know, our passion came out and we wrote. About things that we enjoy now. Obviously, Mike and I are special characters. You know, we're 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 smart guys, and we've done the work. That's like my biggest my biggest complaint, dude. Is like with guys. You know, of course not you, but guys in your age group and your genre. And it's not really their fault. They grew up in an information age. They think that they can buy a book. You know, I always use the um. What's the guy? What's the guy that owns ClickFunnels? Oh, uh, you know who it is. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I know who you're talking out. about. If you come, if his name comes up, who cares, right? But like, he's like created an empire, yeah. And he built his empire on an amazing product, which I use myself too, and I have got guys that are amazing at figuring it out. But dude, the technology is garbage. You, you, any person who writes code, who writes WordPress theme sites, who does any of those things, they look at that shit and they're just like, "What the fuck is this?" Right? But it's like, give that guy props again. Never hate the player, hate the game. He figured out a way to give entrepreneurs and business people alike a way to create quick, quick, easy, dirty websites that convert. It, they're shit, it's garbage. You know, a purist is gonna say, oh my God, it breaks down, and, and they do, they break. There's a lot of things that go wrong. But they built an empire, and so you, know, you have all these people out there now, young generation people who say, well, he did it, I can do it too. No. And This is what me and Mike always say all the time. 20 fucking years. 20 years to become a master at your craft. I don't give a shit if you figure out something and you make $10 million and you just luck into it. You know what? You'll lose it all. Yeah. It will go away. I literally would wager my my existence on that, dude. I've lost it all myself. You know, I've been a multimillionaire and I've lost it all. I didn't appreciate it and I didn't deserve it so the bottom line is is like you do have to put the work in you know i'm not saying bro if you you know one of your guys right now is watching the show and he's like fuck jay campbell you know i'm 23 and i'm gonna get mine Blah blah. it happens man but you're an outlier if you don't master your craft and you're not going to master your craft in six weeks six months you know that was another thing me and mike were talking about all these guys that make classes and they're Sucking all these young kids' money up, telling them to do this, and pay me two twenty five hundred dollars. I'm gonna teach you to do this. No, you're not gonna learn anything. But you're definitely gonna be twenty five hundred dollars, you know, poorer. So it's work, it's consistency, it's showing up. You know, we haven't talked anything about like the inner work, right? But like that was always my weakness. I always had the business figured out, and I had the body stuff figured out, but I didn't do the inner work. And it wasn't until I met my life. Yeah. And now I'm doing the inner work and now I've got the, I'm balanced. I have, I'm centered.
0: Yeah. And one thing that I can tell, it's been a common thread throughout this conversation too, is, is like sort of the true, this idea of like a true value, right? Like right. you have to put in the hours to really be worth the amount that you put in or you exactly. put out all that content for free and now it comes back to you later on, you know, and exactly and brother. Like, you yeah like, you can't world, get something better. for nothing or else you'll lose
1: Dude, the world is always, and I learned this a long time ago, but I had to have it reinforced. The world is always a mirror. Yes. Somebody today, somebody today on Twitter, and I think it's that Josiah fitness guy. I don't know him, but he seems like a really cool guy. He wrote something really awesome about, you don't need to or have to, you get to. He was using that term for everything. And I was like, awesome. You know, I retweeted it and I said, the words that you choose to use have power, and your thoughts do become things. So why would you ever talk badly about yourself or your life? Because you're just literally can your law of attraction cheap. That's a cheap understanding of what we're talking about here. But like you're just channeling the experience that you're denigrating.
0: It's just coming right back. <laughs> yeah, That's the way it is. I think people aren't aware of, like, the impact of that. They have no, like, concept of uh, that that's a real thing. And I, what I find interesting <laughs> about that is, like, they're not really anchored to reality at that point. Because, uh, you know, like, you're talking about the balance. Like, I, I firmly believe that for every input, there's, like, an output. You know, and, and it's exactly. sort of, like, in, in nature, you see the pendulum swing. You see you yes. sort of see those balances. You see those trade offs. The more you pay attention to it, and a lot of people just aren't real uh, aware of that fact that whatever you put in, there's going to be an equal and opposite reaction
1: yeah and and i don't want what very well said i I don't want people to think that they can't you know create some unique angle and and become famous or rich or whatever and again you know that's a whole nother podcast but um you can but the by and large the most people most people today whatever it is whatever your craft is whatever your you know superpower is it takes 20 years to truly become a master. Yeah. And it's not just right the patenting of whatever your craft is, it's the mastery that comes with the emotional understanding of how you got there. It's the mastery of being able to stay centered when everything else goes wrong around you, right? Like I'm I'm very fond of saying this, I've said it a million times I'll say it in this podcast too. You only have two things in your life that you control. The words you speak and the thoughts you think. And your reaction to what happens around you that's it you have no control over anything else thinking you do is obviously the first you know direction the the, the direct speed train to collapse so once you realize thoughts you think words you say and the way you speak them you know um, and then, obviously, your reaction to what goes around around you, and that was always my my bugaboo and my downfall, my weakness. I was a Type A maniac, and when shit blew up, I blew up with it, you know. And now, you know, it's that, that eight that what is it the uh, the da- the Taoist adage about you know the, the 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 wisdom philosopher, and he got the kid given to him, <laughs> and he just held the baby and kept the baby and then two years later they came back and, and 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 uh they said oh it's not your kid and he just was like is that so And gave it back right so it's like everything that happens to you is that so that's how you have to treat your life and when you can master that you know mike writes about that Real mindset the ability to change your state when you when you when you can just maintain your surround your center that's how i like to say it, your center your internal center when literally a nuclear bomb is going off in the background, that's when you become a master.
0: Yeah, I love that, that's like a, uh, you know, people can check it out on the Knowledge the College book club, uh, the book by Viktor Frankl, Search uh, for Meaning, very Mansour much touches to on that point. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Awesome man. You, fi- you,
1: my, you find out that as you get older and you read those type of books, and that's an amazing book by the way. In fact, it's so funny, that book was the first book that I read after my life collapsed. And I'm not going to share that story here because it's so public, but that was the first book. And reading that book where I was, was like, you know, I'm fucking nothing, bro.
0: Mm
1: You know, I could be a lot worse. And so, and you know, that's why people, and you know this, that's why people always talk about gratitude and appreciation. Because the truth is, is dude, that's how you get back to center. When everything has gone to shit, if you can just like, have something to set, center you and put you back in, like, whoa, it could be a lot worse. You know what I mean? And, 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 that, and that's what happens, right? People wake up in the morning and they're like, oh, I can't pay my bills. Whoa, is me. And it's like, dude, if you woke up every morning and you had a morning ritual that was about gratitude, that would never happen. And again, it's doing that work every day, consistently, religiously. Not, 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 you no. Know, Uh, Checking out. You know, sure, you're going to have life gets in the way moments and you're not going to do it every day. But if you do it, I always say this, dude if you do a morning ritual four days out of seven for the rest of your life, you will retire and you will die. And you never die. Your soul dies. Your meat suit dies. But you will be okay at expiration. You will be. It's that simple. But most people don't do that. And it's just. Survival programming, reaction, no solution.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Jay, uh, I'm curious, where do, you, uh, where do you get your information from? Do you mostly read? Do you watch videos? Do you listen to podcasts? Where, where do you learn from? What's your habit of learning look like? Bro, I'm the most
1: voracious reader in the whole world. Um, I don't have my thing with me. I usually carry it around with me. Um, I do. Hold on. Uh, I don't. I lied. I thought it was, but I don't. I have a book journal. That's two pages, and you can buy it on Amazon. I'll give you the link. You can put it in there. It's actually an amazing tool. I don't know why somebody hasn't made something a lot better than this. Hint, hint. I'm giving somebody an amazing <laughs> tool to right now. Um, I read. Up, I try to read eight books a month. Now I don't always get there. Um, the last three years, I have not read less than seventy-two books. Wow. Okay. So I do not watch podcasts. I produce prodigious amounts of podcasts. I don't watch them. People always ask me, "Do you watch this? Do you listen to Joe Rogan? Do you do this?" I said, "No, I don't have time. I just make my own stuff, and then that's it. And then I read. So my information comes from reading, but I, I do coach. Uh, I have spiritual mentors, uh, very advanced. Be- I should say, I almost said it, but very advanced people, um, and um, they have like taught me how to go within and deep within, and how to center my mind, and also to like really like extract." what's important from books. And then I also, I'm just dude, I'm blessed with like, a, you know, and Mike does this, like a nearly photographic memory. And as I've gotten more spiritual and more centered and more connected to what I call what is, um, my ability to recall what's important from a book is even better. It's crazy. You know? And but I think every one of us is capable of that. It's just, you know, how willing are you to advance your spirituality? And, you know, without getting preachy and stuff here, it's like, That's the most important uh, purpose of all humans, bro. We're here to improve the vibration, which is the frequency and the awareness of all of us, because deep down, and this is not woo-woo, we are all connected, are connected, right? So it's like as one of us becomes more aware and increases our rate of spin, which is our vibration, everyone does. The higher the vibration of the person, the more the person's connected to him in whatever ways are also equally raised. It's like that whole... Analogy of like you know the you know there's like a couple of ships that raise the boats in the in the harbor, yeah. so it's like the more that consciousness expands and increases and the awareness increases of our collective, the less likely we are to continue to destroy the planet, to have violence, to murder, to do all the horrible things that we do as a human species. So that's that's the reason we're not, we're here. We're not here to make money. We're not here to solve cancer. We're not here any of that. We're here to increase the vibration of the planet so that each of us can share in that incredible feeling of what it feels like to be like in a resonant frequency, right? There's dissident frequencies and resonant frequencies. And when you're in resonant frequency, um, you feel pretty good, man. And life is pretty simple a resonant frequency.
0: Yeah. It's a, is that like a type of, you know, the state where you can really appreciate almost anything. Absolutely absolutely and,
1: and again life gets in the way you're going to have ego you're going to have reactions you're going to feel you know not the way you want to feel all the time um but again you have to have a mastery of your state and you have to be able to command where you can go inside and go internal and literally nothing around you um interferes you and again I'm no master I'm working on it but like it's a goal um but you know anyone can get there it's just a matter of like putting in the effort and having a plan you know, it really is true. It's the same thing, you know, I always tell people like, because the one thing, the one question I get asked a lot of people is like, oh my God, bro, how do you do what you do? You do so much. You got, you know, five kids. I mean, I really only have three kids now, but I was at one time managing five and you do all this and you produce all this and you have all these businesses and you all this stuff, right? Because you, as you know, I have a you know successful residential real estate team with my wife too. And um, it's all my calendar, man. All yeah. credit goes to my calendar. My, I live by my calendar. My time is money. And if I do not hold myself accountable to my calendar, obviously I'm not holding myself accountable to the people who rely on me. And I'm obviously not holding myself accountable to me. So that's how you do it. You know? I mean, a lot of people are like, well, yeah, but your energy and stuff. And I'm just like, well, I'm blessed with energy, but I'm also optimized. right? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm living, breathing, practicing preacher of what I pra- of, of, you know, put out there and proselytize.
0: I think that's really key. Like between the optimization and the calendar, that's what I found worked really well is you know, you you can't have the energy to do all the things that you want to do on your calendar if you're not optimized. And exactly, even if you're optimized, if you haven't laid out what you're going to do, you're never going to get it done.
1: Very well said. It's twofold, it's both of those things. But anybody can be like
0: this.
1: There's, I'm not special. 100% you can do this. It's just a desire. And it's obviously in a very high focused intention that this is what you want to do. And again, it's not for everybody. I'm not saying that like my life is better than anybody else's. It's just, I like to produce. I like to create things. You know, I think that the world is a better place. The more of us are in conscious co-creation.
0: Yeah, I, I'd say it's not for everybody, but uh, it's a, you know, it's a state that, uh, you know, once, once you're in there, you know, you wouldn't, you, you want everyone to experience that. It is.
1: I mean, I feel that everyone ultimately is pursuing this state, but it just takes some people a lot longer
0: than others. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jay, I, I, I can ask you questions all day long. I really appreciate all the information you've provided us so far. And, and, uh, you know, I, I know the listeners got tons of value out of this, uh, before we wrap up, is there any final asks or requests or any sort of, uh, anything you'd want to leave with the audience?
1: No, man, I mean, honestly, Patrick, you asked awesome questions. I always love talking to younger guys. Um, you guys are the future, man. So it's important that you guys are being um, mentored um, and led by people that, you know, can really keep our society, um, you know, humming at the level that it is because you guys are at the time of the greatest technological change, man. Like, you know, I'm 25 years ago when I was, you know, your age, I'm 48 now, you know, close to your age. It was nothing like this, man. But at the same time, you know, with obviously, you know, the, the cliché statement, you know, with power comes great responsibility. So it's, it's not as easy. It's harder for you guys because there's just so much. There's so much overwhelm, you know. So, I, you know, my, my, uh, my recommendation is just keep your nose down. Um, find something that you really love and that you're, you're good at and that you're passionate about. And that's not your job you know that's your mission that's your purpose whatever that is you can easily be a cubicle guy and say you know what i want to do something else but right now i got to pay the bills i got two kids and a wife whatever but in the background create that hustle carve that time out that space in your calendar it's all there nobody has a lack of time there's always enough time and also again we talked about manifestation and you know the thoughts and all those things and stuff like that you can manifest any reality that you want you know, it's just again, how focused and intentional are you to do that?
0: Absolutely, absolutely, uh, love it, man. Well, thanks again for your time. And, and where can uh, where can people find you online? What are your, what are your handles?
1: So best way best way to get a hold of me is um, I don't have I have too many people messaging me on Twitter now. So I, if you're, unless you're not unless I'm following, you can't message me on Twitter. But it's at trtexpert on Twitter. And then um, the fastest way to get a hold of me online is just to send an email to my team at contact at trtrevolution.com but if people want to sign up for the newsletter um you can just go to tot which is testosterone optimization therapy revolution.com which is my major website and um it's on the front page you know just click and you get a bunch of free books and stuff like that And again if you want any of my stuff um that i can give out for free on a pdf just email contact at totrevolution.com trt not tot and uh, one of my assistants will send it to you guys
0: I really appreciate that, Jay, and guys, everyone listening, I hope you just buy the stuff anyways because clearly Jay has put a ton of work, energy, uh, and effort into the the stuff that he puts out, and it's all super high quality, and if you if you buy into it, it'll probably have even more value for you, so Jay, again, thank you so much, uh, and I'll talk to you soon.
1: Okay, Patrick, i got to bounce. I will talk to you soon, man. Thank you so much.